Welcome to the Loans On Demand podcast, the show where we flip the real estate status quo on its head and put loan officers into the driver's seat. We give you all the tools, strategies, resources, and mindset needed to modernize your mortgage business and thrive. My name is Luke Shankula, aka Longform Luke, and this is the Loans On Demand podcast. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Loans On Demand podcast, the show where we help loan officers flip the status quo on real estate agents and put loan officers in the driver's seat. And today, man, this is going to be a special episode because we have Justin Breen. He is the founder and CEO of the Brepic Network. And man, I'm excited because this is going to be a little different than our typical show. Welcome to the show, Justin. I'll let you introduce yourself because I don't think I can probably do it properly. So welcome, man. This will be a very interesting discussion. Most of my day is either with my family, my wife, who's a pediatrician and COO of Second Company, which is Brepic Network, and then our two sons who are 10 and 9. They're both visionary maniacs like I am. And then <laughs> so it's either spending time with them or connecting the world's top visionaries. So not humans, not business owners, not consultants, just pure visionaries changing the world. And then it never stops. So it's a lot of fun. Awesome, man. Well, tell me a little bit about like your background before we kind of get into some of those strategies. Tell me a little bit about kind of what got you into doing this, right? You know, working with visionaries, you know, doing the, the stuff that you do. And why do you do that? Well, you know, there's a multi-part answer to that. I think first and foremost, you're either born someone like this or you're not. I think most people would want to choose this life, but they're not born like this. Right. The world needs more non-visionaries than visionaries. If everyone was a visionary, it'd be complete anarchy chaos. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then if you're not a litmus test for people you serve, that's hypocrisy. So besides hanging out with my family, purpose of life is connecting visionaries to serve humanity. So I'm a visionary who connects visionaries to serve humanity. And I'm a visionary serving humanity by doing that. So, you know, through just endless discussions of talking to people who are visionaries and then just as many, if not more, talking to people who aren't just realized who I was and who I wasn't. And then you just, you know who you are, you know who you're not, you just focus on who you are and you just keep getting better and better at it. It's a very simple formula to live life, but business owners, humans, consultants don't live in that formula. They live in ROI and revenue and mm -hmm. employee count. I don't live in that world. I spend time with my family and connect visionaries to serve humanity and found all this business owner stuff takes care of itself by being ultra focused on those two things. Man, I love that. I mean, I have four kids at home and caught myself chasing other people's dreams in the past and not necessarily other people's dreams, but you know, what people say is the dream, right? Is, you know, hitting this certain sort of level of revenue and these types of things. I actually realized that that caused me to burn out and also like, oh, well, you got to delegate everything and you got to, you know, do this. So I went from like a control freak to delegating everything to now trying to find here over the, you know, the last five, six years of being an entrepreneur and owning my own business. I also thought like, you know, I was broken to a certain extent, right? Because I have so many great ideas. My follow through sucks. Mm -hmm. I, you know, right. I got like all, all the ADD, little, ADD. right, right. And I just actually, interestingly enough, earlier this year, I got for the first time diagnosed with ADD or right. ADHD. Right. And I didn't think I had it, one, because my parents didn't really believe in it, two, because... <laughs> no, those are humans. They don't understand. And I also got good grades. I wasn't disruptive. I wasn't, you know, crazy, like all that kind of stuff. So I just was like, well, whatever, right? Like I was yeah. really good at school. Obviously, I waited till the last second of everything. So I'm interested to kind of hear your perspective yeah. on a lot of that stuff, right? Just because okay. it's a newer thing for me. Yeah. And I'm sure that people listening to this, there's probably quite a few. I mean, a lot of loan officers are entrepreneurs at heart, especially the ones that are sort of, you know, growing teams, things like that. And so interested to kind of hear, like, how do you sort of manage that from the perspective of like, 
we tend to be good at big ideas and sales and things like that, but then mm-hmm. details, right? So I guess, you know, maybe oh, doing things. something. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yay. Actually do something. Okay. Yeah. The book behind me, Epic Life is how to build collaborative global companies while putting your loved ones first. And then Dr. Peter Diamandis is one of top entrepreneurs on planet did the forward and it was number one for sales overall on Amazon Kindle, not one of the little subcategories, but all of Kindle. And then I'm very nice. Great made the wall street journal and usa today bestseller list but it's about how to build collaborative global companies while putting your loved ones first so there's 30 answers in that of like because all i do is talk to top visionaries on planet and i talk to one to two of them every single week that have let entrepreneur life destroy their family life or prevent mm. them from being meaningful so i'm like oh that's a bad idea i'm not going to do that and write a book about how to put your family first and build collaborative global companies. Well, that's a good idea. So that's what book's about. So each one of those chapters is a summation, but basically 90% of the people I talk to are ADD, diagnosed or undiagnosed. It's not a disorder. It's a sign of genius mislabeled by humans because they don't understand visionaries, so they label it a disorder. So I hear blah, 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 and then simplify into answer. Blah, 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 simplify into pattern. And then again, you know who you are, you know who you aren't. You see the same patterns, answers, and then you just focus on the answers and patterns. So every answer I have is a pattern from listening to top visionaries on the planet. And then here's the pattern of what they're doing right. And then here's just as important the pattern that I see that I think they're doing wrong, like destroying their family or not having one or going through three marriages or cheating on their spouse or drinking heavily or not sleeping or being miserable human beings with having all this money. So that's literally what the book is. Man, I love that. And to touch on that, right? I mean, I've had an addictive personality and on the drugs and alcohol for much of my life. And, uh, you know, it's not like I was doing it every single day, but, you know, stressful days, you know, and then when I was first starting the business and even now, sometimes I fall into it, but I try to be a lot more intentional. And if I try, I am more intentional about you know, going to their soccer practice and baseball practice and stuff like that, because I know growing up, my dad worked a lot and I didn't realize that I had some resentment against that. And I actually found that he came to all my games, but I realized that created a complex, this sort of like external validation complex of like, oh yeah, like I got to perform at these big things. And so I try to go to their little things too, not just the big things, but the little things too, just so I'm like, hey, maybe at a certain level I can avoid some of that, I'm sure I'll leave my kids with their own set of baggage because, you know, I'm not perfect. But at the end of the day, that's kind of the goal is to continue to get better. Know that at one point, my wife said, this is something like, I'm doing this for the family. And she's like, you're not even around. Like, and that was like a gut punch. So Mm -hmm. I appreciate you bringing that up. You know, like you see a lot of people overworking, Mm -hmm. uh, working tons of hours, not spending time with their family saying, oh, I'm going to do this for when they grow up or whatever I'm going to do to set them up for success. Right. Right. Okay. So if you just replicated you, I have, you know, 15 to 20 conversations talking to people like you every single week. Again, everything is for me is a pattern and answer. You see the pattern, here's the answer. So these are the four things that separate visionaries from humans or consultants or business owners. Only four. There are only four things. And almost everyone I talk to now is at least three of the four. Most of them are all four. The really successful ones are all four. Four things. This is true entrepreneur life, not sunshine and rainbows nonsense. So bankruptcy or potential bankruptcy, two, depression, three, highest level of anxiety that you can imagine, four, likely and or possible traumatic experiences as a child or young adult. So for humans, business owners, consultants, those are excuses for a visionary. Figure it out. Okay, so here's the dovetail to that, and this is why I wrote Epic Life. But So what a visionary actually is, and this is why most people are not visionaries, they're not born like this, but a visionary is the most damaged person, the very most damaged 
at least three of those four things. Most are all four that I talked to. And they have the best coping skills. So they have the highest IQ, do really well in school, highest EQ, most hustle, most courage. And then what I see time and time again is they use those things, those coping skills to create all this stuff. And then they torch their family or never have. So I see it over and over and over and over and over and over and over. So one, I fundamentally disagree with that too. What's the point of talking if you don't provide an answer? And then most of the people I talk to are very high in ideation. They're shiny object, shiny object, shiny object, shiny object, shiny object, idea, 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 idea. And then they have no follow through without humans, total disaster. I'm the very rare visionary that has very high quick start and very high follow through. So I say it, do it, hit the gas, pump the brakes, hit the gas, pump the brakes and very low in ideation but pure activator. So I hear blah, 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 simplify, and then go, 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 go. Just never stop going. Yeah, I mean, it's funny that you brought up those four things. At least have three out of those four things. Oh, you're definitely three, probably all four. Yeah. From the perspective of trauma, I mean, you know, I guess it depends on what the definition of that is and what that looks like. You just told me about your dad. That counts as trauma. That counts as trauma. Okay, yeah. Yeah, like I can hear it already. So I'm dead last in empathy on strength finders, dead last, Gallup Clifton strength finders, and second to last in includer. For top visionaries on planet, I have endless empathy inclusion wanting to understand. Endless. Like I want to understand them because they don't make excuses. And they're the ones that help humans have jobs or a 401k plan or a place to live. And then the visionaries suffer the most because they take the most risks and then they torch their family or never have one. So I'm like, well, visionaries should be rewarded the most, but they suffer the most. They suffer the most because of those four things, but their coping skills are used to create things that help others, but they don't help themselves in the process. So I'm like, I can feel that pain immediately so strongly. And then here's the answer again. So create a solution to that problem. And what's the solution to that problem? Well, there are only two questions I ask myself every day. Only two. Only two. Visionaries without exception are incredibly intelligent, whether they have high IQ, EQ. High IQ is just pattern recognition, but they're all intelligent, all of them. You can't be a visionary without intelligence. It's impossible. But so the only two questions. One, did I have a good experience that day with my family? Two, did network grow on a global level? And to me, that's the only game to win. All this other business stuff takes care of itself. So the first question, any visionary, again, this is not for humans, or I mean, I guess a human or business owner or consultant could ask themselves this, but I only talk to visionaries. And that's really all I think about besides my family. But the question the visionary can ask themselves is what game am I winning? And by asking that question, it can provide the right answer because the visionaries might not even know what game they're winning. They might've been focused on winning the wrong game for their whole lives because they're the most damaged person with the best coping skills. Wow. I wasn't expecting it to go this way. I know we were going to talk about Colby. And so I actually do appreciate that we've talked about this because it's interesting that you say these are patterns. You know, I just thought I was, you know, just different, you know, because well, we are usually people like us are aliens within our own family community and vertical. So the only people that understand us are top entrepreneurs on planet. So let's see another word, different, crazy, unique, oddballs, misfit toys. And there, there are only four types of visionaries, only four because everything's a pattern answer. So one is ADD, ADHD. That's most of the people I talk to. Two is minor Asperger's. My wife, who's a doctor, unofficially has diagnosed me with that. I'm guessing you have a little bit of that too. Three is dyslexia. 30% of entrepreneurs are dyslexic, so you can't learn to read, write, so you 
come up with another way of learning. And then four is exceptionally high IQ and or EQ. I mean, that's what it is. So most people don't understand this world because it's like talking a different language. Like we all look the same, but it, our brains are totally different. It's funny you say that because, you know, I would go to these events and my wife would be like, oh, you guys probably just party. And I'm like, party. Want to know what we do when we're inside? We're talking about business. When we're in the Uber on the way to the restaurant, we're talking about business. When we're at the restaurant, we're talking about business. We're talking about personal development. We're talking about business. We're personal talking about like development. Yeah. So what you said is very profound. So purpose of life is connecting visionaries to serve humanity. So created two businesses that are just extensions of that purpose. And what I found is visionaries talk about their businesses, but they're really extensions of that purpose. Like, right. Honestly, I don't even care what you do or even understand it, but all that like loans is just an extension of your visionary purpose. That's, I mean, it's like a way to transact it, but I mean, you're not a loan officer. I mean, you're a visionary who happens to run a, you know, help real estate agency, but you're not a. <laughs> yeah, I'm a marketer that helps loan officers basically flip the status quo on real estate agents, right? Bring more value. You got it right though, right? I mean, you know, ultimately it comes down to, and what's funny is that like, I've always had this sort of like, I didn't realize, again, I didn't have ADHD and stuff like that. And so like learning about RSD and like, you know, why, like when clients will cancel or things like that, it feels like a deep insult to me and that I was the failure in that sort of regard. And, you know, why it's like such a huge level of people pleasing mm. and things like that also mm. that sort of come along with that. Yeah. So just interesting to sort of be exposed to that, you know, and understanding obviously now that these are the way I am and anxiety and stuff like that. And, you know, thinking that that's just how normal people are, is just always carry anxiety around, right? Like. But I guess that's not how normal humans operate. One of my great friends, um, high IQ, he's a pioneer Colby. So that's high quick start, lower follow through, and then he can build things with his hands. That's a high implementer. His name is Pete Kofid. So most humans, they're sheep, like a sheep brain or like a farmer brain. And then visionary has like a sheep dog brain. So I'm a high fact finder and I looked it up. Science Daily did an article sheepdogs and they're two scientifically proven roles because I just want the answer. I don't need context or anything. Just give me the answer. So sheepdogs, just replace it with visionary or entrepreneur. So only two scientific roles for sheepdogs. One is to keep the sheep in line Two, push them forward. Keep them in line. Push. So you don't go to dinner with them. You don't graze with them. You definitely don't go to the water cooler with them. You don't complain with them. You just keep them in line, push them forward. And then there's a step further, which the company's created through extension of purpose. That's what they are. It's like a shepherd. So like Repic Network is an invite-only connectivity platform for sheepdogs. You keep them aligned, push them forward. It's a shepherd for sheepdogs or a sheepdog for sheepdogs. And then global PR firm, I was a journalist for 20 years, created entire business based on how PR firms annoyed me for 20 years. I have no idea what PR firms do. They just annoyed me. So it's just a connectivity for interviews like this for sheepdogs, mm -hmm. for visionaries. So it's just connecting sheepdogs to sheepdogs through this. And then the second company where my wife is the COO and my partner's in California, we've met twice in person. He does eight and nine figure deals all day. He just created LinkedIn for visionaries, connectivity platform for any type of connection. Because mm. the visionaries need sheepdog also. They need sure. a shepherd. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting to talk about that too. Because my wife sometimes will say stuff like, oh yeah, you should be friends with them. And I'm like, eh, I don't really want to be friends with anybody that doesn't want to talk about business, disc golf or soccer pretty much. Right. So oh, yeah. there's two things from that. Again, very simple what you said, but there's a profound answer behind it. One, people like us usually marry stabilizing humans. My wife's a pediatrician, so think your wife's a teacher, which I correctly guessed, but I don't know if that was recorded, but people like us usually marry teachers, nurses, social worker, pediatrician, a human, very smart, high-achieving human, but a human. 
So that's one. And then two, at school pickup, because our sons are in fourth and fifth grade or like parent-teacher conferences, I never say anything. I never talk to the adults, ever. I hang out with my kids and play with their friends, but I have no interaction with adults. <laughs> and all my friends are visionaries that would never let entrepreneur life destroy their family life ever yeah it's interesting you say that because that's how i am like going to networking events is like the most cringy thing that i could possibly well, do oh well there's two things with that the first networking group that i joined i'm still in it because of loyalty you've been an entrepreneur for six years approximately six yeah years. six years yeah correct okay, me too i started first company officially April 16, 2017. So yeah. six days after turning 40. So the first networking group I was in was $250 a year. I'm still in it because loyal, but it was talking like this and no one understood what I was talking about. Now I invest well over 100K a year in groups like that. And then sure. second company, literally an invite only high price point connectivity platform for people like us. So created sure. own room for visionaries. And there's a formula behind it because everything's a pattern formula. So I keep making bigger investments to be in smaller rooms, but the people in those rooms are making bigger impact. That allows me to spend biggest investment in smallest room, which is my family, where I can make the most impact. And then you double down on that formula and you create your own smaller room with bigger impact. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So let's dive in. I want to talk about the Colby stuff because I know... Uh... That's something that I'm not super, super familiar with, but you know, we kind of started the conversation before we jumped on to recording it. And so I'm yeah. curious, I guess for anybody who's listening, kind of give some context around what Colby is and how they can use that and then kind of go from there. Okay. So I'm not affiliated with Colby in any capacity, but again, most of my days talking to the world's top visionaries and the easiest way to understand, there are exceptions, but the easiest way to understand if someone's a visionary or not is to know their Colby score. K-O-L-B-E, Colby.com A index. It takes 20 minutes, 55 US dollars. The overwhelming, again, there are exceptions, but the overwhelming majority of visionaries are very high quick start. That's boom, 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 idea, 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 and then little to no follow through. So that's ADD, ADHD all over the place. And if they don't hire humans, who, by the way, most of them are lower quick start, higher follow through. So an integrator or a COO, that'd be a low quick start, high follow through. Thank God. And then I'm the very, 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 very rare visionary that has high quick start, high follow through and high fact finder. So it's like if you combined someone like you with an integrator, it would be me, which is really, really rare. So you describe me as an integrating visionary. So I can do both. And then my partner for second company, he is a visionary integrator. So he's full backstage, but he's a bigger visionary than I am who does eight and nine figure deals all day. And he'll take the company to levels I never even would have thought about because he's a bigger visionary than I am, sure. even though he's next stage. And then my wife, who is the COO, and she's transitioning out of pediatrics to do the COO thing more full time. She's lower quick start, higher follow through, high fact finder. And she'll never stop following through. She's an onboarding machine for new members. So that's why it, it works. Yeah, it makes sense. And my, I mean, we did a, you're familiar with the book EOS, the whole EOS mm -hmm. system and yeah. like the integrator. So like yeah. I took that test and like I came in like pretty much in all yeah, you're like a visionary. Yeah. Yeah. Basically all visionary and like maybe 30 or 40 
integrator side of things. Is that high? I'm surprised. Yeah, it was actually fairly high. I, and I'm okay at that, but I unless I'm like super like focused on something, like I'll follow through if I'm like super excited on it. But if it's something I lose focus on, yeah, you'll be. Not. So you're probably the average score of the person I talk to is like a three three nine three. I would say you're very close to that. That's pure yeah. ADD, pure ADHD. Again, not a disorder. 10 is the highest number you can be. A 10, just to give you some context, because you like it and your audience might, but a 10 quick start in human world, a 10 is one out of 200 humans. In my world, it's like one out of eight. It's one Mm. out of eight. So like, and a 10 quick start, there are no breaks. So a 10 quick start can be like Dan Sullivan. He's the co-founder of Strategic Coach. He's a 10. Robert Kiyosaki's a 10. I'm guessing Tony Robbins is a 10. I would think Sir Richard Branson's probably a 10. So it can be something like that or a full sociopath. There's no breaks. There's no like in between. And then a nine, which I'm guessing you're a nine. There's, I mean, barely any breaks, but some. And then you have four children. So that's got to be somewhat of a break. I mean, somewhat. And you're married to stabilizing humans. So I'm guessing you're a nine. I don't think you're a full 10, but you definitely sound like a nine. Yeah, I'll have to take the Colby just to kind of see what that looks like. But like I said, I mean, so my COO, like kind of thinking that she was kind of a lot of visionary because she's run her own business and things like that. And so we went and she took that test as well. And she came in like, she came in pretty high, like about a 70, I think, on the visionary, but she came in like a 90 something on the oh, integrator. God. So she might be similar to my cold. Yeah. She is high quick start. High. She did both. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not very good at the follow through and stuff like that. Like I said, I mean, no. something that isn't supernatural to me, but interesting conversation to me. We'll see what the audience thinks. I mean, maybe this is just going to be good for me because, you know, I think there's definitely going to be people in the audience, though, because almost everybody, not everybody, but most of the people I interview, I swear, are some form of ADHD. Oh, 90% of the people I talk, again, like if you know the answer, here's the answer. Average score of the people I talk to is like a 3393. In normal human world, that (laughs) doesn't really exist. But Mm. in my world, that's the average. (laughs) But that's why most people are not born like this. And then again, they don't have the coping skills or the IQ or EQ. They don't. Because if they did, they wouldn't be the employee. They wouldn't be making excuses, but they do. And they are. Again, that's neither good or bad. I just focus on the ones that actually do something, create something that employs everyone else. And then I just connect them to others that want to do something and then they do whatever they want with it. Yeah. It's an interesting thing because, you know, I've always wanted to do something big. I just thought it meant, you know, working my way up the corporate ladder. And I started working up my way up the corporate ladder. But I just realized, like, I had never really led a team. I'd never done any of that stuff. It was all like, I just did my work and I worked my way and I kept improving and getting better and better and better. And then, you know, there was a point that I started listening to Entrepreneur on Fire, that podcast. And I was like, oh, oh, entrepreneurship might be a thing, right? And obviously right now, entrepreneurship is kind of like that glorified thing. And everybody, you know, so many people that have started around the same time have all, you know, they've all quit and stuff like that. I'm like, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, I'm like, why would you quit? It makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense because most people can't do this. That's why they're yeah. not. So yeah. this is a visionary. Okay. So one of our PR partners, his grandfather was decapitated in front of him in Burma. Oh. Well, this is not birth story. This is what it is. So most people can't do this. And then him and his dad, when he was like 10 years old, they went to Hong Kong with $10 in his pocket. They created two eight-figure companies. And then he hired a PR firm, his latest company. They, he created an at-home robot to go into like nursing homes for people with Alzheimer's dementia because his mom has Alzheimer's dementia and then has like a drone on it and a pill dispenser. So that's a visionary. That's not a business owner. I mean, that's an exceptionally, you know, 
traumatic story. But I mean, my father was 61 when I was born. He'd be 107 now. If he was alive, he was born in 1916, and he was shot down multiple times in combat in World War II on the European front. He just got back into a plane. You either can do that or you can't. Most people can't do that. They quit. At this level, there are no excuses. So if anyone makes an excuse with me or asks, what do you cost or charges? They just go away from my life because people who make excuses or ask, what do you cost or charge? Hang out with people who make excuses and ask, what do you cost or charge? Ignore that rule. Interesting. Awesome, man. Well, I mean, from that perspective, like when it comes to Colby, like how do you utilize the Colby test, you know, for maybe people that aren't the visionaries or maybe they are visionaries? I mean, does that help you in any way navigate your life or, or how do everything. you sort of... Everything. Yeah, that's how I do intros and that's how I found partner for second company. I wanted to make sure his Colby was high enough follow through. And then my wife has been Colby. Our children are both nine quick start two follow throughs, which is pure maniac. That's a compliment. Most people I know have taken Colby, but when I get an intro to someone, I ask them if they can take it. And then almost without exception, the visionaries take it because they want to learn about themselves because the visionary always wants to learn more about themselves so they can be a litmus test for people they serve and help others. So there are right. no excuses. They just take it. Yeah. And I just actually saw my, what's it called? The ENFPT it says right here for my, I don't know if that matters at all. The campaigner it was under 16 personalities. I was trying to see if I had a, a many, I don't really care what someone's personality is. I just want to, they're going to do something. And then again, most visionaries are very high quick start that don't overthink anything. They just execute. Well, and I just looked up my crystallizer results from the EOS test and it was a 9448. Yeah, that's um, high for integrate. That's high. Interesting. And who knows? Maybe I, if I did it again, I would maybe choose lower ones for some of those. I don't know. But it's always kind of interesting. Those tests are always a little interesting to me. But yeah, man. And so, you know, when you ask someone to use that, is that mostly just understand how to navigate with them? Like how does a human sort of use that tool or how does some... You just use it from your perspective. I don't think what humans do with it. No. What about like your team? Or is that something you kind That's of like? my wife and partner do all that stuff. I don't. Okay. I never think about it. Never. If I did that, I would electrocute blow up the company. No, I never think yeah. about it. Because I was curious because, you know, I'm sure you guys have to hire people and all that kind of stuff. So my wife you know. and partner do all that stuff. I don't even think about it. Gotcha. Cool, man. I mean, from the perspective of, you know, visionaries, like how do you deal with a lot of that trauma? How do you navigate the world or like? Oh, great question. So again, endless empathy for visionaries. And what visionaries tell me is I understand them better than anyone they've ever met because I care about their struggles and understand it immediately. Mm -hmm. And business owners don't talk like this. So, but a visionary will. And so a visionary, when they meet someone who has endless empathy for them, they appreciate that. They appreciate that because I endlessly want to understand them and help them connect other people who can help them because they help everyone else. So that's where my empathy, selective empathy comes into play. This is endless wanting to understand visionaries. One, because it makes me a better visionary, but two, it makes me better at serving the purpose of my life, which is connecting visionaries to serve humanity. And that's all I think about besides hanging out with my family. There are no other answers for me. Hmm. In that terms, I mean, you talk about, you know, the book and how to spend time with your family. Like, what does that look like and how do you structure your day around, you know, hanging out with your family? Okay, I'll land the plane for that because it's a good question and it's important. One, that we don't have a physical office. So this is our living room office. And when the weather's nice, I work out of backyard office. My partner's in San Francisco. I'm in Chicago. Our meetings for Second Company are virtual and we're having a big in-person event in May in Phoenix, which my wife is and partner are planning that. So both companies are purely virtual for the most part. Two, I never work weekends ever. Three, 
only have a certain amount of time available for meetings like this during the week. And then again, weekends, nighttime, I'm with our children. So, I mean, I guess curious. I mean, I typically try to be home by six at the latest. I'm home right now. I'm home. <laughs> well, I mean, like, you know, when do you check out of work, right? I mean, what I like about having an office personally, and I'm two miles away from my house. So what I like about having an office is I do have separation. You know, yes. I'm in San Diego. So, you know, it's our little three bed, two bath house is pretty expensive, $700,000, right? So it's like, you know, I don't have an extra room in there. And so like, you know, we'll, right. we'll eventually do that. But I have an office space that just allows me to also separate because I used to, I mean, you know, when I was first getting started, I used to work all the time and it was very easy for me to just go into the office and work because I was working out of the office before we had four kids. Right. And so, you know, I'm just curious, like what's kind of the work schedule look like? I mean, I'm generally nine to five 30, get home by six at the latest. And then I don't work weekends either. Right. Because I've said the same thing, but I do, you know, work from my phone. I do a lot of stuff there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so I don't really leave work. Um, yeah. You know, so okay. 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 Let me give you the, I'll try to land. The so, one of my favorite quotes from a visionary friend, this is from James Drugi. He's a 10 quick start. So if the work works, it's not really work. So I actually work zero. None of this is work for me at all. This is fun. Like I would sure. do this for free. I mean, people invest a lot of money to be part of this, but I would do it for free. I mean, this is easy for me. It's fun. From a strategic structural standpoint, I talk to a lot of folks overseas and so Tuesdays, I'll have early morning hours available. When I say early morning, we live in Chicago area. So 6 a.m. It'll start yeah. the availability. Other than that, usually 9 a.m. But I mean, if you look at like time on the clock, I have no idea because I don't really even, does never feels like work at all. I just know that the only two questions, again, I ask myself every day that matter, did I have a good experience that day with my family? And two, did network grow on a global level? So Every day, the answer to those are yes, and I've found all this other stuff takes care mm. of itself. But I have a ton of free time off and never work weekends, and none of this is work anyway for me, ever. Sure, so. sure. I and mean, obviously, you, know, you spend time with the family. So is there like a cutoff time where you're like, hey, oh, 4 yeah. o'clock at the latest? No, no. So I appreciate these questions. I appreciate them. With someone with your Colby, you need those structures in place. Otherwise, there will be no structure. I have, right. an, I have my own structure. And that's yeah, why gotcha. it's so rare to have a high quick start, high follow through, high fact finder. I'm like my own pattern structure. That's just how my brain is wired. And then my wife's like, she's pure follow through integrator. She's like, oh, hey, don't forget to pick the kids up today at school. Or, hey, we have a soccer game tomorrow. Or I'm like, oh, okay, thank you. Yeah. I'll be there. So I'm not great at that. So yeah, I usually last minute she's telling me stuff. Right. I'm like, why didn't you tell me? And she's like, I told you two weeks ago. I'm like, no, you right. did. It's not fine. No, I'm sure she did. I'm sure my wife's probably. I probably asked my wife three times today what time the kids' flag football game is. So I think it's just five p.m. our time. So <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Yeah, but I'm always there. I mean, right. like, and again, like. For COVID, I spent more time with my children than any dad I've ever met. Now I just spend more time with them. So mm, I love it, man. Well, that's fun. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, that's what we're here for. And you're right. I mean, I've seen it countless times and I've seen it, you know, in the mortgage industry a lot too. There's a, right. in 2020 and 21, there was a ton of business coming because rates were super low and they were making a ton of money. So they're working 14 hour days to make tons of money and not spending time with their family. Yeah. Now they're probably working 14 hour days to make not very much money because the rates are now 8%, right? Instead of two and a half percent, like they were in that time. And so there's been like this huge flip, but you know, again, I see it a lot where people, you know, lose their families. I see it in entrepreneur space a lot too. Right. And, and so oh, yeah. I've been very cognizant of that because, you know, I got married and didn't get married when it's convenient. It was 
you know, for sicker, for poor, for, you know, as long as we both show right. And so I took right. that oath pretty seriously. And so right. you know, when I got that feedback, I was like, Ooh, all right, well, I'm not living up to that oath. And so interestingly enough, people hmm. like to disguise their, Oh, well, I'm doing this for whatever, or like, Oh, they just didn't personally develop as much as I did or whatever. Like, and so people start to say that type of BS around like, well, no, you know, my- no, 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 yeah. no, listen to it. No. I don't listen to it. I think it's BS, but it's just like they try to wrap up their split because oh, they personal developed and their person didn't. I'm like, that's like the most selfish thing I've ever heard. Like that's such an egotistical way to view life. Like if it's all about optimization, not everybody's built like us and expecting everybody else to be like, I Very always want to go out and like this. Yeah. Like most optimization. I want to optimize time with my family and grow network. That's it. Huh. It was interesting. I was having a conversation with um how do I say this as a human? He thought he was a visionary, but he really wasn't. Mm. He was more of a consultant and that's fine, but he totally was, fine. thought he was a vision. And so he's like, well, I have all these meetings and then I have to measure the value of each meeting. And he goes to me, well, what do you measure? I go, I spend time with my family and growing my network on a global level. He's like, how do you measure that? And I was like, I don't even understand what you're talking about. Like, how do you measure quality time with your family? Like if I didn't get four hours of quality time this week, then it wasn't a success. Like it's illogical, but but most of the world measures things like that. I just don't understand it. What I will say is my background professionally before becoming an entrepreneur was as a journalist. So I was an entrepreneur who happened to be a journalist, definitely not just a standard journalist, but like you don't get into journalism for like revenue and optimization and anything like that. Never even think about that stuff. So it was great starting entrepreneurship with that blank slate of like understanding what the game I actually wanted to win and then seeing others who are miserable human beings because they're trying to optimize things that they think make them happy, but it doesn't. It doesn't make them happy at all. Well, it's funny because I was just having a conversation. I had another podcast earlier today and we were talking about that whole thing and like how like in this space, they're like, oh yeah, morning routines. And like, you like think you need to have this crazy long morning routine. And like, if you don't do your, your ice bath and you don't get in the sauna and you don't do yoga and you don't do meditation and you don't do your journaling, you're never going to be successful. And it's like, funny enough, I was working with a mindset coach a couple of years back and he's like, you keep saying I have to do these things. You don't have to do anything. Do the things you want to do. I want to do them. Okay. So again, talk is meaningless to me. So I want to do the following things. And this is my morning routine. The first thing I do every day to timestamp this October 5th was the three-year anniversary of every day I do this. The first thing I do every day, which I want to do, is a grateful journal to my wife, what I'm grateful Mm -hmm. for for the previous 24 hours. Six days a week, the last 20 years, last 20 years, six days a week, I want to do this, run outside three to five miles every day. We live in Chicago. So weather's horrible here usually, three to five miles every day. And then I listen to shows like this because I want to do that. So you fuel mind, body, lungs, all that. So then, and then five days a week, I've already included this and that, but a grateful journal on LinkedIn. Want to do mm. that. What I'm grateful for that day. So when you're constantly grateful, it's hard to be ungrateful. And then gratitude attracts gratitude and repels arrogance. Repels it. Yeah. I love it. That's awesome. I mean, because like I'll say this, like I used to think the same thing. Obviously, getting started, you think, oh, I got to do all these things. What I realized was like, Mm. Well, I want to go to the gym and yes. I do breath work. Basically, while I'm doing this stuff and I go to the gym, I'm listening to, you know, positive stuff. I'm listening to sermons, things like that to just yes. kind of feed my brain with positivity. And yes. if I do that, I'm good. All the other stuff, like I'm sure it would be great, but maybe this is mine's thing, but I'm probably not going to journal every single day because truth is I don't want to. 
You know, I'll do it. I, maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't, but it doesn't really matter because it doesn't make me happy and no consistently. Right. Okay. It's really not that complicated. Like it's, it's, it's just, again, when you see the same pattern and answer and you just boil down life to two simple things for me, time with family and growing network, then all this other stuff is just stuff that it's just stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just stuff. So the only thing I want is to spend time with my family and grow my network and create those things that are extensions of that purpose. And what I will say is that ultra focus and that pure focus on that purpose really is appealing to visionaries. They really like that. They really like it because visionaries want to change the world. So like a business owner, humor human consultant, they're like, revenue, office space, employee account, hitting that number, whatever that is. And that's fine, but they're trying to change their world there, there. And then a visionary, they're looking for true connectivity, purpose, time with loved ones, family. So they're changing the world. So it's a the world versus their world thing. It's a totally different discussion. And then the world people want to hang out with the world people because they're the ones that are changing the world. Interesting, man. Well, and it's interesting because you said that. And like when I was chasing those things and burnt out. Okay. Here's the answer. I like doing, I like coaching people. I like being in the weeds sometimes, not always, but sometimes, right? You know, there's certain things that I like tried to, I thought what I was supposed to do as a CEO was like give all this stuff away. And I realized I lost a lot of the purpose of like, I love to help people. I really love to help people get results. So it's like, I'll give free information away all day. I've been, you know, on social, I've been going crazy and just, Doing a bunch of free trainings feels great, right? It's like a huge have like, fun, and that's what I'm doing. I'm like, oh, whatever, dude. It's like, yes, for a certain extent, it'll turn into business at some point, but I also don't want to be the guy that's pitching, 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 pitching because you know, money is important, but I don't really care that much about money. But I'm trying to reach the world, you know, so that's an interesting thing there. So, thank you, man, so much for your time. Is there anything for like visionaries or you know, people like entrepreneurs? Like, what's kind of your advice for them to sort of navigate the world and avoid? some of those sort of rabbit holes or sinkholes that may kind of come upon them with maybe marriage or business and like sacrificing those things. Well, one, marry a stabilizing human. Usually people like us marry stabilizing humans. And then the equivalent to that for a mindset equivalent is having a gratitude, grateful mindset. We were in a Brevik network meeting this week and one of the members provided the single best definition of gratitude that I've ever heard. Charles Chang, he's a pure visionary. So he posted this in the chat when, because this is what we talk about in, in Repic Network. It's not really about business stuff at all. It's about changing right. the world. So, okay, because it's a fundamental difference. Right. So here's what Charles said about gratitude. Because again, all I do is talk to top people, smartest people on planet, and this is the best I've ever heard. So gratitude keeps us present and positive, which keeps us confident and happy. Gratitude is infectious. Grateful people do not worry about themselves. They worry about others. This is what you just said, by the way. So in a room of grateful people, I will take care of others and others will take care of me. So that's my whole life is family and network. People Mm -hmm. taking care of others and then they'll take care of me because it's the world people. Mm -hmm. They're not worried about their world. They're changing the world. It's fundamental. Fundamental. Love that. You know, for anybody who's listening, if they wanted to learn more about some of the things you do, maybe some resources or somewhere they can connect with you online. The site is brepicnetwork.org, B-R-E-P-I-C network.org. It is invite only, but you can apply to join there. 
and then the book where I'm very grateful, Dr. Peter Driamandis wrote the the forward and done all those lists, which is great. It's uh, called Epic Life. Epic Life. Epic Life. Awesome, man. And that book covers how to how to build collaborative global companies while putting your loved ones first. Love it. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. You know what I learned from this is obviously that visionaries are kind of different, and that's a normal thing. And you know, it's just an interesting conversation. They're obviously very different to any of the ones we've had prior to this, and maybe not shouldn't say obviously, but to me, it's been very different because a lot of times we you know we like to go into some tactics or strategies or things like that. And I think in this case. You know, just kind of having that higher overview of like how human minds work is a pretty interesting topic. So maybe for some people that aren't the visionary type of people, they're going to, you know, follow. Oh, they stopped time. listening a long time ago. No, that, and that's fine, but they stopped listening. And then the vision yeah. is the whole thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the whole point, right? I mean, right. You know, to me, it's super interesting to understand like human psychology has always been a very interesting piece to me because like I felt like I've always really known human psychology very well, which is why I think I'm good at advertising and marketing. And even sales is just under, really understanding how humans work and what their needs and wants are, where, I don't know, it just came supernaturally to me. And I know that's not supernatural to most people because most people just want to pitch. They think that their product is what sells. And I'm like, I don't, I just want to get to know people and understand how people's minds work and what they care about. And I don't know if that's ADHD, if that's just being a visionary or what, but oh. uh, interesting, interesting sort of stuff to sort of learn. Just a quick story. My <laughs> former worker that I worked with, former coworker, I remember running into her and I was like, Oh, just so you know, like, I was like, I just got diagnosed with ADHD. She's like, you didn't know you had ADHD. I didn't, I didn't know because I was never a possibility. And then obviously as I'm doing all the research, I'm like, Oh, that's makes a lot of sense now. Perfect sense. Yeah. So awesome. Thank you so much for your time today, Justin, been a fantastic zoom or, you know, podcast here. And for anybody who is interested in learning how to flip the status quo on real estate agents, go to flipthestatusquo.com. Thank you for listening and have a great day. Thank you for tuning into the Loans On Demand podcast on loansondemandpodcast.com. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.